You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all these glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real, it's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. Okay, welcome to today's episode of the Mind Your Own Dog Biz Podcast. Guys, I have one of the all-time favorite guests ever on the Mind Your Own Dog Biz Podcast, Mahogany Gamble. And Mahogany, I think I've mentioned this before, Mahogany is officially a coach with Grassroots. She is going to be teaching that dog training skills, handling skills, and I'm also excited too, because she is an overall badass when it comes to business and just somebody, again, that we honor, that we love, that we respect and super excited to have her part of the team. But besides that, she's not here about to talk about what she does with grassroots. That's totally different. Um, But she's here to talk a little bit about women in dog training and having those conversations and opening up those conversations and sharing platforms. So we can all talk about just women in the industry because it's been such a topic over the last couple months. Mahogany being the leader that she is went and started something super exciting and new. And she wants to tell everybody here. So you guys can all tune in and have those conversations too. So welcome Mahogany. Thank you for coming back to my drone dog biz. Thank you, Kristen. always happy to be here and chat with you. Yay. So Mahogany, let's just get right into it. So tell me about what the hell's going on with this whole legacy dog trainers. I don't want to say what the hell is going on, like in a facetious (laughs) way, but like, give us the lowdown, give us the, what's fucking going on with this. Cause I saw the first interview yesterday. I was hella impressed on it, but tell me like, what drove you to do this and what exactly are you freaking doing? Cool. Yeah. So, um, I just started a series. Um, like you said, it's called legacy of trainers. And, uh, I think a few people know that, um, you know, weeks back, uh, Larry Crone, who's, uh, a dog trainer, who's got a, you know, very well-known, uh, YouTube channel, uh, asked me to be on a podcast and he wanted to mostly talk about racism in the dog training industry. It was a really, uh, it was a great conversation that we had, um, lots of viewers and immediately afterwards, actually, I think, you know, kind of starting when we were still on the call, I started to get tons of messages and over the course of, you know, I don't know, at least two weeks, um, while people were still catching up and watching it, 
I got messages from over a hundred women trainers. And most of those trainers just wanted to introduce themselves. Um, but as we were, you know, as I responded to them and as we were having these, you know, these little chats back and forth, what I realized was that they were all seeking support. And a lot of them started to express that they don't, they don't know other women trainers or they don't have, you know, uh, female mentors. They don't see a lot of women represented, um, in the industry. You know, if you look at, uh, actually, if you just search, you know, videos from dog trainers, the vast majority of videos that will show up are videos from men. And, uh, and I just started to feel this, overwhelming sense of, you know, wow, these, uh, women trainers, they really need to see other women out there. And so that's why I decided to start this video series. I will have, um, you know, some, some men on the series from time to time, but I, what I'm mostly wanting to do is, you know, first and foremost, highlight women trainers so that people can see them and hear them and, and know what they're about and what they're doing. Uh, and also, you know, just so that they can, can see the kinds of real struggles that women trainers go through and face and see how they overcome them. Uh, I also want to, um, you know, use that platform to represent um, and to give space to trainers who feel that they are in uh, marginalized communities. And um, so that might be, you know, trainers of color, LGBTQ trainers, um, you know, trainers who are uh you know, otherwise feel like they don't have a platform or they don't have space. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Well, naturally too, Mahogany, one thing that makes everybody so excited around that you're doing this is you're a natural leader, right? So for you to start being like, okay, cool. You know, we've spoken about sexism. We spoke about racism. We spoke about sexism. Naturally, people gravitate towards you because you are a leader. So for you to open up your platform and start sharing these stories, Mm. that's incredibly powerful. So hell yeah. Yes. I'm like, yes. (laughs) I'm like, yes, bitch. Yes. I'm not going to call you, (laughs) but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what made you decide, and we've talked about this before, and you kind of hit on it already. What made you decide enough is enough. It's time to put women in the spotlight. Because here's the deal, and this is something that I've mentioned several times and we've talked about before, is the dog training industry is heavily dominated by women, women like on the inside, like internally. But on the external, it's mostly dominated by the male counterparts, the ones that are really putting themselves out there, the ones that are looked to for leadership, like that 20% there. What made you decide that was like, hey, now is the time that we need to start highlighting women and other marginalized communities to have their spotlight and to share share the stories? Was there like a certain time? Is this just been kind of brewing, forthcoming with you? You know, it's been brewing for a long time. Um, I know some people, well, actually, I don't share that much openly, but um, one of my... Um, mentors who, you know, is also, uh, a very, very good friend of mine. Well, she has since passed away. Uh, but she, you know, was 
just and still is one of the most important people in my life for a variety of reasons. And uh, as I got to know her, I got to know her story. And she was this incredible, incredible trainer. I mean, unbelievable. Could train a dog to do anything. Um, she, her reputation preceded her. She, uh, was hugely accomplished. I mean, definitely one of the most accomplished sport trainers, um, in the country and, uh, and a very accomplished pet dog trainer as well. And she had opportunities when she was younger to, teach, uh, several men, several male trainers. Actually, they weren't even trainers at the time. Uh, they were still learning about training and she taught them quite a bit. And, um, a few of these men took what they learned from her and they turned it into, uh, huge, huge businesses, schools, um, you know, training systems and they put their names on them and, uh, didn't offer her any credit. And, uh, so learning about that was huge for me. It was sort of my first window into the fact that this happens actually quite commonly in this industry. And after learning about you know, what happened with Lisa, I started to hear about those things happening with other women. Um, you know, women who had their own systems, but they never took them out and popularized them. Um, you know, there are women trainers who have for decades, you know, refined their systems and, uh, and then one, you know, um, what's, what's the word, uh, you know, one sort of outgoing, you know, male trainer goes and learns and not even the entire system, right? They learn pieces of the system and then they put it out there as though it's theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, they typically do not give any credit to the women that they learn those, uh, those, you know, systems and training tools from. And, um, and then they become basically, you know, famous (laughs) for, uh, for doing that. So I've been learning about this for, years and years. And, um, and I've one often wondered why, you know, why is it that women don't put themselves out there more? And I think there are a lot of reasons and we don't necessarily need to get into them today, but, um, but under, you know, it's just seeing that, 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 that is a actually very common pattern within the dog training industry. Um, you know, I've been thinking about, doing something like this for a long time. I'm the kind of person that once I hear from people directly that they need support, you know, people have been telling me for years, uh, Maggie, you, you know, other folks at grassroots Mm -hmm. included have been telling me, you know, women trainers need support. But for me, um, it really wasn't until those women came to me and said themselves, you know, in their own ways, of course, that they need support. That was enough for me to be like, okay, just like you said, like enough is enough. Like now, you know, they're, they're speaking and telling me that they need this support. So, um, you know, sometimes I, I wish it didn't 
have to come to that, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but it's hard for me to put myself out there. Right. So, Mm. you know, if another, um, you know, influencer or leader says like, you know, like you or Maggie says, Hey, these women need support for whatever reason. It doesn't, um, it doesn't push me enough to push through my own insecurities and my Mm. own shit. Mm-hmm. you know, to actually make something happen. But once I heard from all those women directly, I was like, Mahogany, just like, you got to get through your own shit and you have to make this happen because, you know, now the people are telling you like, yeah, we really do need support. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing too. It's that, you know, and Maggie's been talking about this for years. It, and I remember, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to New Zealand. Whenever you're on the podcast, I'm like, we're going back to New Zealand. <laughs> I remember that conversation we had that one day in that living room and we were talking about Lisa and the whole, the whole thing that happened with the person that kind of ran, well, ran with her idea, didn't kind of run with her idea, but ran with the idea and became very world famous. And I remember directly Maggie talking about like, you need to start sharing this. We need to start like systemize, not systemizing it, but having this conversation. And it was like, eh and now again it's like okay it's coming back to the whole you know reluctant leadership of having these conversations so it's it's one thing I want to say it's super hard to have these conversations when you know they're out there but until somebody's like knocking at your door like hey mahogany help now it's like it's like okay now I gotta do it right so no judgment on that at all it's we we all have to have those breakthroughs and I'm glad you had the breakthrough because you having that breakthrough is going to allow a lot of women and a lot of marginalized communities to be able to tell their stories and have those conversations. So good on you, Mahogany, like huge. It's huge. I'm so glad you're doing it. Thank you. Now, now something I, I actually want to, I want to talk about this very lightly. And I feel like this has been a topic because listen, I've been doing a lot of conversations in the last week with a whole bunch of different women in the industry from people that are pet biz brand ambassadors mm. to someone like you. And the whole flavor lately, and I just keep fucking seeing it. I even talked to Ayumi about this this week too, Coach Ayumi, is women have not wanted to put themselves out there lately. And even at a keynote I did yesterday, we were talking about, you know, being bolder. Even at grassroots last week, we were like, hey guys, we got to get bolder. What are your thoughts around, and you can use your personal anecdotal experience or share a story or something you've seen but why do you feel like, especially women in dog training, no matter what type of dog trainer are, whether they're, you know, at PECO to all the way to being sport dog trainers, why do you feel that women aren't putting themselves out there, Mahogany? Well, I think there are a number of reasons. I mean, I think, you know, there are a lot of personal internal reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've, we've, as women had a lot of pressure put on us by society, um, to be perfect, look perfect, act perfect. Mm. And a lot of women are concerned that if they don't, you know, if they don't feel perfect, if they don't look perfect, if something isn't going to appear perfect, that they don't want to put it out there for others to see. I, and I think that there is also, um, well, there are also challenges when you do put things out there, you know, back when I used to be in dog training forums and groups on Facebook, 
I would, I had my own experiences where, you know, I would write something, I would answer a question on a post and I'd have people bashing my response left and right. And a man, a male trainer would come on and say essentially the same thing, sometimes almost word for word, like, you know, it was kind of ridiculous and people would be praising him. Mm. So I think that a lot of times when women do put themselves out there, they experience that kind of response and it's discouraging. And, you know, you have to be a very resilient person to, uh, in order to just accept those things and move on. Mm. And, you know, I, you have to either be very resilient or not care. Right. And I feel (laughs) like there are a lot of men who don't care. I mean, even Larry himself was, was saying on the call that we did together, you know, he's like, I just don't care. He's like, I just block and delete. And that stuff kind of bounces off of him. Um, I find that that is a little bit harder for women not to be resilient. You know, there are many, many resilient women. Um, but I think it's harder for us, um, to, you know, take that kind of abuse, right. It's abusive, Mm -hmm. um, to take that kind of abuse and be able to move forward, I think is a little, I think it can be a little challenging. So, um, you know, I think there are, I think there are personal, you know, individual hurdles. And then I think sometimes the responses that women get from the community, um, even from other women, yeah, you know, there's a lot of um, fighting and jealousy and snarkiness between women. Um, and it's one thing that I'm, I'm personally very careful about is, um, you know, even if I disagree with something a woman says, I'm, I'm going to be very respectful. I mean, I think that's only right anyway, (laughs) but, um, but I never want to give feedback or something that, that I feel is going to, you know, or that I'm concerned is going to discourage a woman from putting themselves out there again. And sometimes I just make that stuff private, right? Mm-hmm. So if I do see a video of a woman trainer and it looks like she's doing something that's, you know, maybe unfair to the dog, this is just an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, well, you know, this trainer probably learned from someone who, you know, whose training hasn't evolved and, um, and maybe they just don't know. Well, I'm not going to sit there and blast them publicly, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm going to, you know, maybe reach out privately and and give some feedback. So, you know, I think I think women just I think so much of of it is um, is a result of the kinds of pressures that we receive you know, for decades, right? If someone's 20 or 30 years old, they've, they've gotten two or three decades worth mm-hmm. of this pressure from society that, you know, unless it's perfect, it's not good enough. Um, yeah. yeah. I think too, there's, there's so much to talk about this and I don't want to make this the whole conversation because this is such an important conversation to continue having, not just because it's a topic that's right in the front of everybody right now. But I feel like a lot of the stuff I've seen thrown at women is very personalized around it. 
and it's weaponized around it too. So for you to go and be like, Hey, I'm going to give her constructive, objective, non-emotional feedback around her training that it's like, Hey, you know, just, you know, I'm throwing it out here versus just publicly destroying somebody is a huge thing. And like, I've seen this, I remember watching, there was a dog trainer, female dog trainer, and she got a spot on the news, like a morning show. Mm. And she had an e-collar on the dog and she was talking about e-collars and, you know, it's not a discussion we want, we're going to have here now, (laughs) but there was two direct things I noticed. One was the conversation around the e-collar, which I understand people get very emotional. By the way, Mahogany, that post you did was fan-fucking-tastic. And I'm going (laughs) to link it in the show notes, by the way. Thank you. But the other thing around it wasn't just the training style, but it was the way she was dressed to be on the morning show. Uh And she's like, oh, my God, somebody didn't hire a stylist. Oh, my God, she was this. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what the, like, hello. And I've seen that so much, like just being picked apart at a macro and micro level then versus like somebody being just judged on their training or the handling skills. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. The whole perfect picture. I mean, even like, if you look at like the vice president debate this week, like, mm-hmm. look at the fucking thing that Kamala had to do just so she wouldn't have anything weaponized against her. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I want to talk about this more. However, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can spend all night here. Um, topics. So what kind of topics are you guys going to be chatting about on the legacy of dog trainers? Yeah, um, that's a good question. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. You know, the the folks that I bring on are going to have varied experiences. And I think, mm. um, were what I, what I did notice from the call with Larry, cause I was, I was trying to keep up with people's comments as much as possible. And I noticed a lot of the comments from women were very, um, you know, um, expressing a lot of curiosity about training styles mm. and methodology, um, mentors, you know, um, how people became trainers. So those are things I want to delve into because I think, uh, up and coming trainers and even, you know, people who are already working as trainers, they have a natural curiosity about that stuff. Mm. And then, um, if a trainer, uh, you know, it does something like, like we started, uh, last night with Stephanie O'Brien, and Stephanie O'Brien is a decoy. She does a lot. Of, she has a, you know, a tremendous history in ring sports. Uh, we didn't really get into it, but she's won championships and, you know, she's got an incredible amount of experience there. And she's, she's also a breeder. So we were able to touch on, you know, some of the sports experiences and then also some of her experiences as a breeder. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that if we can take, the things that, you know, a trainer is really good at. Uh, For example, one trainer I reached out to uh, that hopefully we'll do an upcoming call with, she does a lot of e-collar work. And and it's different from me. Like I do work with e-collars, but I don't do a lot of e-collar work, but this particular trainer does. So I think we can get into more discussions about that. Um, You know, and I, I think 
a lot of things or anything around training um, will be in, will be really interesting for the people tuning in. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be pretty varied. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So what types of trainers are you going to have? Are you going to have veterans? You're going to have people just from all of like the whole aspect of the training spectrum, I would like to say. So like we're like veterans and like people that were like ring sports to people that are like, you know, just a starting out kind of style train class trainer. Tell me about the type of trainers you're going to have on, or you hope to have on, you plan to have on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the trainers that I, I'm trying to step out of my own circles. So that's the big thing because my initial list of trainers were all trainers from California. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, just people that I know really well and I know Mm -hmm. how they'll present themselves and I, and I have a lot of information about them and I know how to introduce them. And, you know, then I was like, Oh man, mahogany, you gotta, you've got to step out of this. So, um, so I'm looking at, uh, yeah, I mean, really all kinds of trainers. I don't, I don't personally have a lot of contacts, um, or that I know of, you know, I actually do have a lot of contacts, so I probably need to just reach out more, but, Mm -hmm. um, trainers that do classes and things like that are, um, are probably among the groups that I am the least aware of. Um, but it doesn't mean I don't, I don't know those people. I just don't know them as well. (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, breeders, people that do, um, sports of, of some kind, not necessarily ring sport, you know, sometimes AKC sports or herding sports. Um, those are the people that are the, the most within my, uh, community. So I'm going to, um, you know, there will definitely be some of those folks, uh, definitely a lot, a lot, a lot of pet dog trainers. Um, and in fact, everybody that is on my list right now trains pet dogs and then they, you know, might also do something else. Um, I am also really interested in, uh, and I haven't said anything yet, but I'm definitely interested in having some grassroots folks on. (laughs) Ah. Um, yeah, because I think it's important to get, you know, business perspectives, um, and, uh, you know, and marketing perspectives, because those are the areas where like, you know, Maggie always says, and you always say, those are the areas where people don't want to put that much attention into their business, but they Mm -hmm. need to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I'm definitely going to, uh, um, you know, going to be reaching out to some of you guys too. So I, you know, it'll be varied. I mean, I think that one of the thing, one thing I realized when I was stepping into training, actually not when I was stepping into training, when I was stepping into pet dog training, I thought that's all there was. I didn't realize there was this whole world of sports and this whole world of breeding. And, you know, we're in this society where everything, all the messaging is adopt, don't shop. And, you know, and, um, you know, people who breed dogs are evil and, uh, and then, you know, nobody really knows about sports unless you have someone that, that you're connected to that participates. Mm -hmm. So I, for me, you know, just showing, uh, trainers out there that there's this whole wide world 
you know, and even if they're, it's not to, you know, encourage people to get involved in new things necessarily, but just so, so that they know there are so many other resources. Um, and there are so many other avenues that, you know, might pique your interest and might be something that, you know, inspires you even more as a pet dog trainer, right? So that's the experience I had is the sports inspired me more as a pet dog trainer. Mm. Because a lot for a lot of people, pet dog training can become, um, it can become uh, challenging because we are we are asked by clients and we are asked by society to um, to uh, trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here. We're we're asked to to produce results that are unrealistic. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, we're asked to, we're tasked with, um, doing things that clients don't want to do themselves. And, um, and sometimes the, sometimes it becomes, um, kind of rote. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to, to be able to draw inspiration from somewhere. So sometimes that's, you know, pet dog trainers that are trying new things, Um, sometimes that's, you know, figuring out how something that's used in sports can apply to your pet dog business. Um, Mm. you know, sometimes it's just learning. Sometimes it's just learning something new and different, even if it doesn't directly apply, but, but it keeps our, you know, um, our appetite or our thirst for learning more about, you know, all things dog. It keeps that you know, very active. And that's all inspiration that we can then put back into our dog training business. So, um, yeah, gosh, I kind of don't know how I got there. (laughs) No, no, it's actually really good too. And what's really interesting is, you know, my dog passed this summer and we're actually, we're actually in the process of potentially getting a dog from a, a really well-known breeder. You, you know him pretty much, uh, mm. Ryan, and he's going to have one of those, I like to call it the unicorn litters of the exact thing. What I would be looking for, and I'm not a trainer, but something that I plan to dive into. And of course mm. I'll be going to you for this is looking at sports. I can do with the dog to learn right. a different functional edge. Yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's going to be a Labrador. It's going to be a working Labrador, but yeah. And by the way, I can, Matt Mahogany, personal note here, I cannot wait the day that you meet Frank and you humble his ass with fucking Binks. <laughs> I cannot wait for that day till you broke him up into a bite suit and you have Binks go after him. Please, please. Oh, please. that's hilarious. I'd love to. I cannot wait. I'm going to like ship him all to you one day and be like, humble him, please. <laughs> yes. Anytime. Anytime. I love sticking new people in a bite suit and, and seeing if they can stay upright. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm like, oh my God, I would pay for have Sasha to come out here and just do it one day. <laughs> but that's um, the thing too. It's, it's, you know, one thing I've noticed in sports is that it does, it translates very well into handling skills and bringing that next dimension of your yep. learning experience. So Absolutely. So why should everybody be listening to these interviews, Mahogany? Why should all the women here, all the men, why should the men that listen to here should be listening to these incredible women that you're going to be talking to? 
I, I think to give, you know, for everything we talked about today, to give different perspectives, um, mm-hmm. you know, to understand, I think for men uh, to listen would be incredible because they, you know, sometimes I think men are unaware of the little things that um, they might do that affect a woman's, you know, confidence or, um, or their, you know, willingness to put themselves out there. And I, you know, I really do believe that a lot of men want to support women. And sometimes there are little things that, uh, that, that men do that, uh, that are discouraging to women, but the men don't realize it. And sometimes, you know, people don't realize, and this is, you know, regardless of, of, you know, man, woman, you know, age, race, you know, and regardless of any of that, sometimes we do things to people or we say things to people without realizing the long-term effects. And Mm -hmm. one of the stories that Stephanie shared yesterday was a really, really good example. She talked about um, how she worked for years and years and years to, uh, get her decoy certification. And she actually, the first time she tried to do it, I think she said was in 2006 or something. And, uh, she broke her leg (laughs) the day before, um, or a dog broke her leg, (laughs) fractured her leg the day before. So she didn't try again for five years. And in that span of time, she was training, she was getting a lot of practice. And then she tried again in 2011 and she did a really wonderful job. And the judge, uh, you know, basically said, I'm not going to, you know, even though she had passed, he said, I'm not going to certify you because if you get hurt, it's on me. It's the most, you know, he probably was somewhat well-meaning. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Know, in his brain. <laughs> yeah, in his brain, exactly. Um, but that's, I mean, she had worked really hard. And mm-hmm. I, I know Stephanie very well. When she works hard at something, like she puts everything into it. And that's something that, that's an experience that still haunts her really, you know, it's 2020. So, you know, that's, I mean, a decade later that she's still talking about that and it still hurts her and it still, and it still sticks in her mind as a really sour experience. And I think that, you know, sometimes we do things like that to, um, to other trainers, you know, to one another, and we don't recognize the kind of long-term effects that it can have on people. So I think, um, you know, I think it's, this will be good to just offer people different perspectives to, you know, it's not, this whole series isn't going to be about traumas, right? (laughs) Um, It's not going to be about that, but I think it is going to allow for more connection Um, it's going to allow for more, um, you know, it's going to, my hope is that we set this platform for more support for one another. Um, Mm -hmm. Stephanie and I also touched on the fact that a lot of trainers are so busy fighting with each other that we are unaware of the things that are happening to the industry, right? So there is a lot of legislation coming down the pike, 
Um, the animal rights activists are trying very hard to change and, you know, create standards of training that trainers probably wouldn't agree with. And because we're so busy fighting with each other, these things are happening with without our input, without our awareness. So, you know, hopefully this series will really get all of us looking in the same direction um, as far as where our industry needs to go and, you know, and, and gets us supporting each other in moving in that direction. Um, I'd really like to take, I mean, even though Stephanie did share that experience, um, you know, the negative experience she had, she was very, um, kind and gentle as far as, you know, not sharing who the judge was that made that call. You know, she didn't want it to be about, um, being upset with someone or holding on to, you know, some disgruntlement, like it wasn't like that at all. She -hmm. was sharing that experience in hopes to, you know, inspire women that, yeah, even though we might go through, you know, some terribly sexist experiences, you can still keep moving forward. Mm. So, you know, I, I mean, I think that there's, I think there's a lot to be gained from it. The the conversations are going to be really good. And again, like, you know, my whole, everything I want to do is about uniting people and supporting people. So, you know, if that is what comes out of this series, then, um, then, you know, I've, I've done my job. That's yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So where can people tune in to listen to these and participate or just watch the recordings? So they're on Facebook. Uh, they'll be on my personal profile, um, which is under my name, Mahogany Gamble. And then I also have a business page where they're posted. So when I do the live stream, they're streamed to both places mm-hmm. and, uh, and they'll, you know, the recordings will, will live in both places. And hopefully I'll have one other area where, where those things can sit. I'm still, you know, working that out. And I'll talk to you about that a little bit more too. Kristen. You know what, you know what I want to do with that. So. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, so we'll uh, work that stuff out yeah. and then, um, you know, and, and yeah. we'll have more, another, another place for that. So, yeah. well, you know, it's open, yeah. it's open. The offer's open. Yeah. That, so. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. All right, Mahogany. And what I'll do too, for all the listeners out here in the show notes, whatever platform you're listening to Spotify, uh, Apple, all you got to do is click the links and I'll bring you right to Mahogany's Facebook page. And even if you don't have Facebook guys, it's just do the mobile Facebook and just listen to it. Cause I actually got rid of Facebook on my phone too. So it's pretty dope. Um, but make sure you go listen to this. It's going to be a game changer. We had a whole conversation around it weeks and weeks ago. I'm excited. Grassroots is excited. I know there's a whole industry of women that are super excited to hear this. And, awesome. you know, on behalf of everybody mahogany thank you for doing this and you know stepping forward into that leadership role and to start building those communities because i know how much community is to you and you know bridging people and uniting people for not just for selfish purposes but for the greater good of like you said legacy because the end of the day like if you don't have fucking legacy if women don't have legacy it's incredible and i also want to put this here too and this is okay i hope this is okay is saying it thank you for honoring elisa's legacy by doing this Absolutely. 
I think that's incredible. Thank you for, thank you for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I would love, love one day for you to come on and share your story about Lisa from everything I've heard from you and you've shared, like she was such an, a, a powerful person. And by you yeah. doing this is just letting her legacy live on. I mean, I know she's living on with you, but it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. So yes, thank you. Awesome. All right, Mahogany. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sure this is not going to be the end of it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to put all the notes and everything where people can hook up with you. And thank you again, Mahogany. I know it's been a crazy week, so I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Mahogany. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm going to only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, till next time. Bye.